Канаду я приехала 8 марта, а 9 в Виннипег. That's the voice of Valentina Agapova describing her arrival in Canada and specifically to Winnipeg just two weeks ago, where the Ukrainian refugee was reunited with her worried family. Agapova lived in the Zaporizhia area of Ukraine. That's the site of Europe's biggest nuclear power plant, you know, the one that came under attack early in the Russian invasion. It was all over the news. Valentina was there. She's 67 and she's a widow. And she stayed in a bomb shelter for four days on the phone with her frantic family. And they kept begging her to try to get out of Ukraine while she could and somehow get to Winnipeg. Her family's been living in Winnipeg since 2017. They grew up in Ukraine. They immigrated to Israel and lived there for many years and then came to Canada and to Winnipeg's Jewish Federation as part of an outreach program called Grow Winnipeg that's been bringing Jewish or Jewish-identifying families to the city for over 25 years. The story of Valentina's escape is incredible. She doesn't speak English or Polish. She relied on the kindness of strangers to help her along the way. We saying that the Canadian people are so warm and wonderful and welcoming, just like the Polish people. And it warms her heart uh, to to be here to experience that. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, March the 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. It's actually not Valentina Agapova's first time in Winnipeg. She came for a brief visit in 2019 as a tourist when her son Dennis and his wife Yelena and their children were settling into their new home. That same tourist visa helped her to escape Ukraine this time. Canada is accepting refugees to stay here for three years temporarily. Agapova says she doesn't want to go back, even though she left behind her apartment, her career as a hairstylist, everything she owns, except for what she could fit into one backpack that she carried with her on her 1,000-kilometer escape to safety. First by train to Lviv, then by bus to a warehouse near the Polish border where she slept on the floor and then in the middle of the night walked the rest of the way by foot into Poland. Coming up, Valentina will be here to describe her experience. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Sonia Bazaar in Montreal, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Monday was trade deadline day in the National Hockey League, and that means players were coming and going, including for the Montreal Canadiens. But for some people, all eyes were on the guy singing the national anthems at Monday night's home game between the Habs and the Boston Bruins. It was cantor Gideon Zellemeyer of the Shara Shemayim Synagogue. He's well known for singing backup vocals on Leonard Cohen's last album. He even won a Grammy for it. The cantor's actually sung for the Montreal Canadiens before over the last decade, and he's also sung at Fenway Park in Boston because he's a fan of the Red Sox. But he wants people to know he was never a Boston Bruins fan. The Cantor's originally from Rhode Island, and he used to cheer for the Hartford Whaler hockey team until it moved to become the Carolina Hurricanes. After Zellermeyer moved to Montreal in 2001, he became a Habs fan. And joining me now from Winnipeg are Valentina Agapova and her daughter-in-law Yelena Agapov. And helping out with the English-Russian translation is Ina Kaplan. She's my neighbor here in Richmond Hill. She was also born in the same Ukrainian community, Zaporizhia. Ina and her family escaped the Soviet Union on a similar journey back in the 1970s. 
tell her to describe the bombing because uh, I know the whole world watched as the people in Zaporizhia were trying to stop the Russians in front of the nuclear plant. Was she there at the time? Tell her to describe what that was like and if she even participated. Нет, мы это только видели. Far away from where she lives, uh, the uh, station, where the the scene that you're describing. So she saw it on television in, in the media in the same way that you did. Did she see any yes. Russian tanks or any bombs? What did she experience? У нас у нас были. So uh, she's saying that in in um, a four day period there was continuous bombing nonstop. They were in a bomb shelter, starting with the airport bombing. So it was a four-day period where they were continuously uh, ongoing. What happened after those four days in the shelter? Were you guys in Winnipeg in touch with her to make a plan or, you know, how, what was next? Yes, we were in touch every day, many times every day. We were calling and um, I would say we started to ask her to leave in the first day. She said, no, no, I'm not leaving. I'll be here. Everything is fine. And until uh, the fire that happened in the nuclear station, and then she was scared. And in the evening, the same day, she said, okay, I'll leave. And uh, in the morning about uh, 6 a.m., maybe 7, 7 a.m. She left her house to trail station. No, practically, sit in поезд невозможно. There were thousands of people on the platform trying to get on the train, and Valentina was explaining that everybody was pushing and shoving. It was impossible to get on. It took two trains before she finally pushed her way through, and she still can't believe that she made it through. To get on that. She was all by herself. She didn't have anyone there with her. Yeah, Bladna. She was alone. She was on the platform for six hours. They were only allowing women with children. So wherever there was a child and a mother, they were brought on board. But individuals like herself were not allowed and they were pushed away. She said she was beaten. She was pulled by her hair to, to pull her back um, so that she wouldn't get on the train. And she said it's just a miracle. That she's that she pushed her way through and got on a train, but that took who, six who hours pulled her back? Who the Ukrainian train people? Mujia, 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 the husbands of the women with the children. Yeah. Uh, on the train, instead of, instead of 57 people in one wagon, there were there were 250. So she was in. One of those where, um, you know, there were 15 people crowded into a space where it was meant for four people on that train. Mm -hmm. uh, another problem was that on that platform, she was carrying a small bottle of water. It's all she had with her. Um, and it was knocked out of her hands as she was pushing and shoving to get on the train. So when she did get on the train, she had no food, no water, and it was a full day before they would get to the next station. Um, so she would, and all they had on the train available was boiled water but you had to have your own container to put it in. She had no cup, she had no bottle, she had nothing. So she waited for other people to finish their water so that she could take the container or cup and go get herself some of that boiling water. So then she got to Lviv and then she flew right directly to Warsaw? 
в Львове было очень много волонтеров, волонтеров. И предоставили бесплатные нам предоставили Переживали, что не приедут за нами. Своими, своими силами добираться до границы. Три часа. Я еще не верю, что я здесь. Вот только на нет, нет, у меня даже мысли нет. У меня мои родные со мной. Это такое счастье. Это один раз джекпот. Я не ожидала, Tell her that it's been an honor to meet her and welcome to Canada. And I hope that we stay in touch. I will stay in touch with you. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Wendy Mendel of Montreal. And we'll end the episode with a special treat for you. We've got Cantor Zellermeyer's renditions of the national anthems. The audio is courtesy of Sportsnet. Please rise, remove your hats and caps for the singing of the national anthems by Gillian Zellermeyer, accompanied on the organ by Diane Bibo. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early 
shapes and bright stars. 